welcome. We are so glad that we get to be in this space with you today, yeah. um, in this time, wherever you're watching. Yeah, um, yeah it's really an honor for us to join um, and for you to just take some time and just to experience. And again, we know you don't come for us, <laughs> but like it's an honor to know that throughout the week, um, we're experiencing God's presence mm -hmm. and seeing what he has for us. And we're doing it together mm -hmm. uh, at Christ Community. So yeah. uh, thanks for taking out some time and experiencing uh, also, together. we want to let you guys know, if you have not downloaded um, our new app, this app is for you guys. It is, um, it's a family app. It's got lots of things on it where yeah. you can find uh, ways to get connected. Um, also, one of the things that's on there is our podcast. And mm -hmm. if you haven't checked out the uh, Tales from the Secret Cab Cabin podcast, we would yeah. highly encourage you to do it. I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, and if you don't know how to download the app or you just want some help navigating it, we are here for you. We would love to sit down with you in yep. person, over the phone, over Zoom, whatever, yep. um, and kind of walk you through that. So uh, you can connect with us um, via email and we will help you out with that. Yeah. Well, we're excited to see uh, what's in store uh, for today. And uh, Pastor KJ is coming and sharing a word. We're, um, this is our, our third week in the series, mm -hmm. but our second week kind of diving into the Beatitudes. Yeah. Um, and it's just such a critical message. I mean, if you think about uh, the words that Jesus wanted his people to, to know yeah. from the very beginning, and we get to go through it together. Um, so. Uh, welcome. Uh, let's let's do this together. And I want to just kind of lead us in prayer as we go into that time. So, Father, we just uh, we thank you for what you're doing in us, God. Um, and I thank you that you are alive and moving in us. And even right now, as we're engaging in uh, and about to dive into the Word, um, that you have something in store for us. Um, so, God, I ask. Uh, personally, that you would ask, open up my heart, open up our hearts for what you want to speak today. Um, and God, change us, make us look more like you, draw us to your side, um, make us more aware and overwhelmed by the love of, uh, of you that comes from your heart. Um, we give this time to you, God, speak to us, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us on Christ Community Online. Uh, it is really good to be here in all the times and places that you are. And um, I see that and I see you. And um, today I'm very honored to come to this place and bring you some things that are um, just very potent and, and very important that I've been kind of swimming in. And so I'm going to begin by telling a brief st 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 story about a friend of mine uh, who got asked to do a sermon at a pastor's conference. And um, that has to be the most intimidating public speaking event possible um, that I can think of. It's going to a pastor's conference of, it's so everyone who's going there um, has a job that they are paid to do public speaking and they're Bible experts. And, and so this friend of mine at this time, he's 27 and he gets invited to do a sermon at a pastor's conference. So picture um, thousands of senior pastors in this big auditorium uh, type of environment. And there's this 
there's this guy who's coming in to do this and feel the pressure um, that he probably felt. Like he felt like he had to give the absolute best sermon that has ever get, been given on the face of the earth. And there's a bunch of us who, who come to these spaces and feel that same pressure. And so he goes to this conference and he, he's going up on this big platform and he's talking about like, he was, he was talking about like how his heart was pounding and he felt like his body just guided him up on the platform and, and how he was terrified. And, and then in front of these thousands and thousands of pastors, he said in great confidence, I am going to give the best sermon that has been given on the face of the earth. And then he opened his Bible and he quoted the sermon on the... <laughs> Out word for word, he he read Matthew five. He started at the beginning and he went all the way through the end. He did it slowly so everyone could hear it clearly. And after he got to the end of this sermon that Jesus gave, he closed the Bible and he said, "Amen." That was it. He got off the platform and everyone paused shocked because this guy was given one of the greatest opportunities any public speaker could possibly have ever had. And he just read this sermon Jesus gave and pointed to that. After the silence broke, the entire auditorium got up and applauded. And the feeling was that they hadn't been applauding this guy who pointed towards the sermon, but they were applauding the sermon itself because it's so easy to forget that this is the heart of it all. Why is it the heart of it all? The Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount, that, that whole package deal that Jesus gave, why is this so important? This piece of this piece of the Bible is so important because this is the heartbeat of the gospel. It is the gospel in heart vocabulary, human vocabulary, human experience. It's God Himself saying, I see you, I see you in the places that you are, and there's good news for you. These things are so easy to forget. But the sermon that Jesus gave is all about his heart, our heart, and how the two of those collide together. Our church is doing a sermon series called Kingdom Culture. And Kingdom Culture comes from this Hebrew idea um, that the Jewish people believe that the kingdom of God is going to crash into the earth, bringing the heartbeat of God into human culture. It's like the dream of the Hebrew people, the kingdom of God. The prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, it's praying that God's kingdom comes. What is that? The sermon that Jesus gave is pointing directly towards that. If you have a question about the kingdom of God, or if 
Do you have a desire for the kingdom of God? Here are the heart attributes that are going to be seen. Here's who the people are going to be. Here's the experience. Let me tell you about it. The thing about the Beatitudes, the thing about the uh, that Jesus gets across is it's all about heartbeat and it's all about human experience. And there's something very cool about that because typically in the church culture, in the Christian culture, our, um, there's this pressure to feel happy all the time or there's pressure to feel like everything is always okay or there's joy abounding. I possibly only feel that 10% of the time, if I'm honest. Um, the other part of the experience that I have is, is, is kind of heavy. It's, it's kind of sad. It's kind of, I'm, I'm in these postures of who am I and who is God and am I sure and um, am I going down the correct paths and I feel sorrow, I feel pain. Like there, there is a ton of complexity in the human heart that supersedes just feeling happiness and joy. And that is found in the Beatitudes, and that is found in the sermon that Jesus gave. It is beautiful. The other day, I was trying very, very hard to do uh, go on Spotify and to find songs um, that kind of embodied how I felt. Um, and I had a very hard time because... Um, I have been going through the season that it seems that everyone is dying. Um, that's how I feel, okay? Like, this is my own experience. I, um, I have had four different people that are very close to me die. And it's, it's just happened back to back to back to back. And it's just like, what is going on? And it, so Typically, if I'm feeling things, I try to find songs that kind of embody how I'm feeling. And, and so I go to Spotify and I'm trying to find songs that the church has done that's about sorrow and pain and crying and mourning. And, you know, like, because the Hebrew people, like, they were awesome at that. Like, like half the old testament is is the jewish people pointing towards heaven and going why you know where are you why is this happening like the book of psalms it's songs of the jewish people asking questions of god giving him their doubts their pain their sorrow their suffering i couldn't find any songs but if I could create a song about the heart of the gospel, it would probably include the DNA of the Beatitudes because Jesus sees us in them. The Beatitudes are called the Beatitudes because in uh, the ancient text, there's this term that says there's blessing at the beginning. And Beatitude is that term, blessing at the beginning. And so as Jesus is talking about the Beatitudes, he begins, begins them by saying, blessed are you who, blessed are you who, blessed, blessed, blessed. There's blessed at the beginning, and that's why they're called the Beatitudes. And they embody the heartbeat of the kingdom. And they be, embody the heartbeat of the God. The 
gospel. Here's the thing that's different about heartbeat and theology. So theology is an academic study of something. Heartbeat, it's the complexity of the human experience and and, kind of all those things that I was sharing, right? It's this idea that I am more complex than the academic understanding of who I am. And Jesus sees that. Like, for instance, so if I asked you to tell me about the gospel, it's so easy to say, all right, so the gospel is there's sin, there's separation from God, and then God sees this separation, he hates it, so he sends his son, he comes down in human form, 100% God, 100% human, and then he's perfect, he dies on the cross, takes on our sin, and he's dead, and he's buried in the grave, and then he comes back, he conquers death, and he gives that gift to us, takes our sin, and he brings wholeness if you believe in him. That's easy. It's easy to talk about sin, right? There's sin. There's, but have you ever felt like, like come to the understanding, the potent understanding of the privity of your soul and seeing yourself as you truly are, as if you have done things that there is no coming back from? Have you ever felt like there is no hope from you? The feeling that you have done something that you can possibly vomit from. I have done things that as soon as they happened, I felt like I was going to throw up. Have you had that feeling? The Beatitudes embodies that feeling. It's easy to talk about separation from God. God, but have you ever felt like you were on the edge of a cliff calling out to God saying, God, do you hear me? Are you even there? And there is nothing that comes back from the other side. And you would do anything just to hear the slightest sound of God's voice and nothing comes. It's easy to talk about God seeing the separation and saying, this isn't okay. I'm going to come to to earth. But do you know what that actually means and and the feeling it feels to be pursued? (laughs) Like, have you ever been pursued hard no matter what you've done? The feeling of a conquest after your heart, no matter the thing you do, the obsession someone has to, to tell you how valuable and beautiful you are. Have you ever sat and thought about the implications of the truth that Jesus pursued you? The idea of, of it's easy to talk about Jesus dying on the cross and taking on our sins. Can you imagine how he felt? You take that feeling of sin from the first part and, and that feeling of I'm going to vomit. Then you say from all the time human experiences from the beginning to all the human experiences at the end. And that is all on him. And the only thing he can say is forgive them. I love it. Can you imagine the feeling after he came back from the dead? Can you tell me how it feels to know in complete confidence who you are in Christ? Can you tell me how it feels to be whole? 
the Beatitudes speak this vocabulary. Because if you ball all that up, this, this idea of the gospel and the heart vocabulary of the gospel, this is the kingdom of God. And this is the thing that Jesus says has come, is here, and is coming all at the same time. How does that happen? I have no idea, but that's how he talks about the kingdom of God. He says, the kingdom of God has come, and he's proclaiming it, and then he says, the kingdom of God is here, and then he says, and it's going to come, as if it's not in fulfillment, like there are these shimmers that happen. You and I have seen shimmers of the kingdom time and time again, and our our goal is to cross into it and experience more and more of the kingdom. So turn your Bibles uh, very quickly uh, to the book of... Matthew chapter 5. Thank you, Jenny. If I get caught up, I have Jenny over here, and she didn't say anything. And I was like, oh gosh, please toss me a bone, Jenny. Um, so chapter 5, and uh, the Beatitudes for today are simply, blessed are those who mourn. Here's, here's the actual passage. <laughs> Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs are the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. So this is a very simple passage. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And it's following the passage that says, blessed are the poor in spirit. And Pastor Allen talked about the poor in the spirit poor in spirit. It's like this idea of they see themselves as who they truly are, and they are blessed. They see themselves as broken. They see themselves as hurting. And if, if they see themselves as telling the truth about the, the state of who they are, they will be blessed. And following is blessing, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Here's something I'm, that I think is pretty important before going any further. The person who's giving this sermon is Jesus. And he is surrounded but by a huge crowd of people. And furthermore, he has his 12 disciples there. So it's the disciples and this big crowd of people. And the, the Bible says he sees the big crowd. And so he goes on top of a hill and he calls his disciples to come very close to him. And then before he begins to give his sermon, he sits down. Okay. So the, 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 the incredible sermon, the, the best sermon that anyone has ever given is coming from the posture of sitting down. So if I'm going to give a powerful sermon, the thing I'm going to do is I'm going to try to be as big as possible. I'm going to put my, my arms out as big as possible because I want to make sure that people feel the power, right? But the thing that Jesus does is he's like, man, I am going to give it something good. You know, come close to me. And the things I'm going to begin to talk about, it's your heart and the kingdom of God. And so he sits down. The posture of sitting down, it, it, it's like this posture of like, hey, 
we're in this together. It's this posture of like being comforted. It's this posture of like, it's going to be okay. And so as he's sitting down, he begins to give this sermon. So blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Who is Jesus talking to here? Um, if I'm, if, beyond this idea of he's talking to his 12 disciples, he's talking to this big crowd of people, who is Jesus talking to? He's talking to those who mourn. Who mourns? Um, this is a very simple question. Who mourns? Is he talking to a, a tiny group of people um, who, who has who, who encountered hardship. So is he talking to this tiny group of people who have had somebody in their family die? Has, so, so is he talking to a tiny group of people who had something horrible happen and they are in a season of, of disparity? No, he's talking to everyone. I mean, like, like think about it. He's talking to everybody. Um, those who mourn. Have you ever experienced pain? Yep. Um, have you ever um, had something that was valuable to you and you don't have it anymore? Yep. Have you ever had someone pass who you love dearly? Yep. I mean, like, the idea of, of sorrow or experiencing something of great pain is a common almost daily experience for us. Who is Jesus talking to? He's talking to people who have, who have felt great feelings of, 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 of loss, loss. Have you ever felt loss? Having something that was so valuable, it could be anything, and then it's gone. How does that make your heart feel? That's who he's talking about. And he's talking to them. Blessed are you who mourn. What does it feel like to mourn? The, um, the actual term, it is to grieve deeply for someone who has died. The idea of death and dying can happen beyond the human experience. It, it, so it could be the death of a dream that you had. It could be the death of, of uh, this hope, this death of a person, the death of, uh, it could be anything. It's the absence of something that you have found valuable and it feels like death. I've been experiencing this all over the place. It feels like death is everywhere. How does my heart feel? It feels really sad. Something that's really beautiful about the Beatitudes and in this sermon is God himself is sitting down saying, I see you. I see you in your sadness. I see you in this despair. And you are blessed. And I'll tell you why. Like, have you ever felt that. Okay, some of us haven't, all right? Some of us hasn't, haven't had that 
feeling because it has happened so often and it's it, 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 like pain is so common that to survive, some of us have had to harden our hearts and like harden them into like the ice queen heart type of thing. You know, like it doesn't feel anything anymore. I've seen people go to a funeral of someone who is close to them and they cannot shed a tear because they cannot feel. They have have protected their hearts from feeling anything and they are like zombies going about their daily experiences. And Jesus isn't talking about those people because they can't feel. They're not mourning. They can't see. They're not experiencing. And he's saying, blessed are those who mourn. It's it's kind of like the idea, if they can't feel, they can't heal. You know, like healing comes from feeling and, and embracing the integrity of telling the truth. Who feels pain? Who feels sorrow? Who feels the absence of things? Who is mourning? We all are. And that's the gospel. It's like in the beginning of these beatitudes, it's, they aren't something like, oh, I have to get better about being sad because if I'm sad, then I will be blessed. I mean, like, like some people approach the beatitudes by saying that, like, oh, the poor in spirit. If I'm poor in spirit, I will be blessed. So I got to get better about seeing like how who I am and and this idea of being sad and mourning I need to get better at that so I will be blessed it's saying I don't know I'm beginning this sermon by saying who am I talking to I'm talking to the poor in spirit and that should be everybody and I'm talking to the people who are experiencing great pain and great suffering I'm talking to people with tears in their eyes who are saying this is not how it was meant to be. Who's that? Everybody. And this is the place the gospel begins. This is the place that Jesus is talking about the kingdom. Everyone who is experiencing pain is invited here. It is such a beautiful thing. Why? Because this idea of suffering, this idea of mourning and experiencing pain drives you towards something. I would pose the idea and I would pose the argument that the thing that drove Jesus to earth, the thing that drove Jesus to pursue us is this idea that he mourned the absence of us, um, that there had been a separation. And he says, this is not okay. This is not how it was meant to be. And so he pursued, he crossed the barrier. He becomes a, a human being, fully human, fully God. And who is he described as being? So is he someone who's filled with joy and happiness and he's taking on human form and he says, this is incredible. I love it. No, in fact, just the opposite 
so Isaiah paints this totally other picture of who Jesus is. And he's called the man of sorrow. Um, think about that. Jesus, who is God taking on human form and human identity, is called the man of sorrows. Turn your Bible to Isaiah chapter 53. It is incredible. Here is, I'm going to say a short part of that, um, but it helps personify who Jesus had been. He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man suffering a familiar with pain. Like from, okay, this is very hard. How about you come right here, Jenny, and sit directly by me? I think this is a very powerful passage, and I cannot hear you. Okay. He grew up like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man suffering and familiar with pain, like one from the from whom the people hide their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Thanks. <laughs> um, I, I, I want to just point out um, that comfort often comes then in the form of community. Um, it comes in the form of having other people. And so I was here, I couldn't talk, I have to have help. And so I say, Jenny, get over here, bring me some comfort so I can say this. And so, man, thank you. Um, So here was Jesus, he comes to earth, he's pursuing us because he sees our pain and our suffering and our sadness and our mourning, our separation from him. And he embodies someone who is taking on our pain, who is taking on our suffering, who is taking on our sorrow. Have you ever grieved because the feeling that you didn't belong and been so potent. So did he. Do you ever grieve because it feels as if there, uh, that everything that you have has been pulled from you? So did he. Do you ever feel great despair because it feels kind of like no matter how hard you try, the people don't see you, don't understand you, and don't see the truth of the person that you are. So did he. Have you ever had someone who was close to you that was pulled from you, and it 
felt devastating. So did he. Have you ever felt um, that of being called into something that you did not have the desire to do at all? So did he. He was the man of sorrows. He understands them. He gets them. He is them. He bears them. And he speaks truth into them. Because the death of those sorrows does not have the final say. Wholeness. Jesus is all about wholeness and solidarity. This is the comfort of Jesus. Are you someone who feels pain? Are you someone who suffers? Are you someone who is going through a hard time because the things that are happening today aren't the things that that have been planned. Do you feel from a heart perspective that the place that you are is a place that you had always dreamt to be? Probably not. And if that's the person that you are, the Beatitudes invite you into a greater experience of the kingdom. And it's a culture of people who are honest about how their heart feels instead of adapting and adapting and adapting and hardening. And you have to feel to be able to heal. If you are hurting and are in a place of profound sadness, good for you. You are blessed because beyond just being sad for somebody else or for the, the absence of something that has been taken from you, the ability to see the heart that you have and the place that you are is a gift. It isn't by consequence that the second beatitude is following the first beatitude that says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the people who see their hearts. Blessed are the people who are honest about their brokenness. Blessed are the people who see the truth of who they are. And then following that is blessed are those who mourn. They see themselves and they feel themselves, right? Like, I see this. I feel the brokenness. Oh, my God, forgive me right? Oh my God, I feel it. Forgive me. Um, there is a blessing here. The Bible, the beauty of the Bible is there are, are, there are the different aspects. There's the physical aspects, and then there's the spiritual aspects. And the spiritual aspect here is, do you see yourself, and does that drive you into the arms of Jesus? Because if it does, you are blessed. I have found that the times that I am honest about how I feel, and the times that I cry out about the sorrows that I have, the times that like I embrace the pain and I say I'm feeling it, those are the times that I encounter God. In those times that I cry out in sorrow, I almost feel like I'm being brought into these holy places 
because this is the place the gospel shines. It shines in the hardness. It, it shines in the darkness. It isn't all about happiness and joy, but it is all about the human heart and God's heart crashing into two. I have a friend who, um, um, who found out that, that she was dying and um, only had a very, very short time um, um, to be here. And so um, during that very short time, I had the, the great opportunity to go and talk to her. And, um, and she... Um, she was there on her bed and I sat by her and I held her hand and I felt, I felt as if I had to comfort her and, and I'm holding her hand and I'm, I'm telling her, you know, I'm proud of you. You've done a great job. And, and in the back of my mind, I'm like, man, this isn't fair. This is not cool. Um, I don't get this, but I am comforting her and I'm, I'm trying to talk to her about, about heaven and I'm talking to her about all these things and I don't, it's just coming out. And in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, you just need to stop. And I'm like bawling. And at first I was like patting her hand and then towards the end our hands shifted and her hand had been on top and she started patting my hand and she said, you're going to be okay. And at first I was like, what are you doing? And then she started patting it and she said, you're going to be okay. You're a great father. You're a great guy. And Jesus adores you. And she pats my hand again and she then says, you're going to be okay. It's time to say goodbye. And I said goodbye. And I got up and I exhaled and I thought, wow, I am so blessed. I thought I was going there to comfort her, but she was comforting me. Everything about that experience proved the gospel true to my heart, and the kingdom shimmered in that moment. I want more of that. Are you someone who is trying to comfort everyone around you? But the truth is, you need to be comforted. If so, you are blessed. It is time to go into a place that you can be honest about the things that you are mourning, the things that bring you pain, and the suffering that you have. Because you and everybody else on the face of the planet are experiencing the same thing. And you are being pursued by God. He's sitting there saying, if you are hurting, I want to bless you. Come to me. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you for the places you bring us. 
Thank you for seeing our hearts and for bringing comfort. Show us the truths that need to be spoken during this time. If our hearts are cold and hardened, bring us into a space that's kind of like a sauna so the ice begins to fall off and our hearts begin to beat again so the feelings begin to feel all of the feels again. Tell us it's okay to feel things of sorrow and show us the things that you feel. Hold us tight and close and point us in a direction of health and comfort. In Christ I pray. Amen. Can't go back to the beginning Can't control what tomorrow will bring But I know It's the place where you promised to be.
Friends, I don't know about you, but this was such a, a sobering message to hear, and um, something that I think, if we're honest, we don't necessarily want to talk about a lot about how important it is to mourn and to grieve and to go to those places. Yeah, it's easier to run. It's easier. It is <laughs> to go away from it, it for sure. It is, but I love really just KJ's invitation, really God's invitation to us to just um, to to go into those places. What did and he say? is such a short but powerful yeah. message that will stay in my thought process. Yeah, you know, absolutely, healthy. absolutely. Friends, my encouragement to you is, is to not engage this by yourself, okay? Um, talk to somebody about this. Uh, get, get some, maybe, maybe a spouse or a close friend and say, hey, I'm processing this message. Guys, we can't 
go through these things on our own. We have to process them in community. So however that works itself out for you, just really encourage you to do that. And um, everybody has or will experience something like absolutely. this. And so yeah. it is something to do together because we all experience yeah. this together. Yeah. So friends, I want to leave you uh, with a blessing now. Um, so receive this um, from the Lord today. Friends, uh, may you know that the hand of God is with you. May you know that the Spirit of God has his arms opened wide, ready to comfort you. May you know that it's okay to cry. May you know that it's okay to weep. And may you know that the presence of God is with you every single step of the way. Grace and peace be yours in Jesus' name.